Welcome to the Two Cent Dad podcast, where we interview dads to discuss their journeys of intentional fatherhood while doing work they care about and living a life of purpose. I'm your host, Mike Sudik. The first few months suck. First few months are incredibly hard, and they will knock you in your face, basically. Um, then, it's like about four months in, you know, with something like that, like your kid, your son, your daughter, whoever will, will smile a little bit and it will change everything. Very excited today to have Jason Freed on the podcast. Jason is founder at Basecamp, which makes project management software. He's also a New York Times bestselling author of both Rework and Remote. And Jason gets pretty honest on, on the episode with his experience of becoming a new father and what fatherhood has taught him about himself. So let's not waste any time. Let's jump into the podcast episode with Jason. So Jason, I know that you you are um, co-founder of Basecamp, formerly 37 Signals, um, also an author of uh, multiple business books. Um, but I wonder if you could maybe just uh, start a little bit more with your origins and kind of how you got to where you are to kind of set a context uh, might be helpful. Sure. So uh, let's see. Um, my, I think I could trace my career back to my first job when I was 13 or 14. I was working in a grocery store. Um, actually, more my, more my second job. So I worked in a grocery store for about a year. My second job, though, I worked in a shoe store right next door to the grocery store. And I had a wonderful manager, but a really terrible business owner. The business owner didn't trust her employees. She didn't like, trust anybody. She thought everyone was out to steal from her. Um, and it was just a really uncomfortable situation. But I had a manager who was awesome, a guy named Greg. And um, he was just, a, he, he cared about his, his, his team. He trusted his team. And I was a 14-year-old kid. He had no reason to trust me. You know, like a, yeah. a little punk kid, right? But he, he trusted me. And maybe I was 15 at the time. Anyway, um, and, uh, and it was fun. It was fun to work for him. And I, I just, I saw right there, I didn't realize it at the time, but I saw the distinct difference between uh, you know, how, how you treat people, if people trust you or not, if you trust them back, if people expect you to steal, then, then they're going to steal from you. If people expect you to do a great job, then, then, or if you expect people to do a great job, then people are going to do a great job for you. So that was sort of beginning to form my, my perspective on, on how to run a business even early on when I didn't realize it. But I finally got into sort of the software world it, late in high school, uh, early in college when I was making, uh, I made a product to organize my own music collection because I had a bunch of CDs and tapes that I was loaning out to friends and never getting them back. And so I wanted to keep track of who I was loaning stuff out to and when I sent it to them and get a reminder for when I should get it back. And so I made my own software for that using something called FileMaker Pro, put that out on the internet, or actually before the internet, put this up, up on AOL. And, um, that's way back, AOL. Way back <laughs> in the '90s, and I said, "Hey, if you like it, send me twenty bucks." Like, is a little text file in there, and I started getting twenty dollars checks in the mail or twenty dollars bills in the mail, and I realized for the first time that I could make something that I needed, and if I needed it, other people would probably need it, and other people would be happy to pay for it. And so that sort of set me on the path to, I think, where I am today. Now, it's just a continuation of that. Now, did you have? Um, so you had a positive experience with a manager that um, early on, did you have a negative experience with a manager? You said a, a negative experience with a business owner, but you did, did you have a bad manager that kind of also highlighted that, how good that other manager was? 
I did. So um, I worked at this one shoe store for a while. I was really into like shoes back, you know, like sneakers and stuff when I was when I was younger. And um, so I worked at the shoe store for a while with this great manager. Then I left there um, and went to work at uh, Sport Mart, which is like a big national chain. Um, I'm not sure if they're even around anymore. It might be Sports Authority now or something like that. Anyway, um, and I was sold shoes there. And I had a terrible manager experience there. The manager looked over my shoulder all the time. Again, didn't trust me. I didn't trust anybody. Um, Like you had to earn the manager's trust versus the manager by default trusting you and then giving you the opportunity to lose it. And that's how I feel about people is like, I want to, I I want to automatically trust them. And um, if I'm hiring them, they should be trustworthy. Like if I'm going to hire somebody and I'm already worried about them, then that's a problem right off the bat. So I'd rather let people, you know, mess up than assume they're going to mess up. Um, so, uh, so that, that colored me there too. And I realized like looking over someone's shoulder, micromanaging and, and assuming the worst, you're going to get the worst out of people if you assume the worst. And, and that manager did I, I just didn't want to show up for work. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to give it my all. I just didn't care. And I just saw that, 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 that experience can really shape you. So, you know, again, I didn't realize these things at the time, but looking back on it now, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious where some of these sort of early formative experiences came from. Right, right. And so then I think you, I had read somewhere that you had basically said you weren't really start wanting to start a company when you first started 37 Signals. You just said, I don't want to work for someone. I, I, I know that I'm kind of cut to run my own thing. So I kind of just want to, to support myself and maybe a, a few other people. Um, but as you grew that, kind of explain to me kind of going through that process of building a company and bringing on people and how do you reconcile then that trust factor and saying, okay, what do I actually want to do with this thing? You know, I mean, I know you guys started in web design, but then got into products later, but yeah. Um, we started small. We started the business originally with, uh, three people, four people, actually, um, three founders and then one, one employee. And we just grew very, very slowly one person at a time, like sometimes two people a year, like really slow. And when you do that, you know, you're not, like you can be very, you can be very careful and very picky about the people you bring on and you can start to create a really tight core of good people with good character, um, that you trust completely and they trust you and you do great work together. And then like, if that's the habit and that's the trend you begin, that's the momentum you start with. I just feel like it becomes, it's just, it's what continues hopefully as best you can. Now, when companies grow really rapidly, they start to cut corners because they have to just get like butts and seats, basically. Like we're going to hire a hundred people a month or a hundred people a year. We're going to double our size. Like there's never discussion about quality when you're like, when you're saying we're doubling our size, like that becomes the primary thing we're doubling mm-hmm. versus like, I want to hire good people. I want to hire carefully and thoughtfully, just like I, I bring on friends. Same thing, right? You don't, you don't pick up a hundred friends in a year. Like you, you make, a friend or two. I mean, maybe a few more when you're younger, but now yeah. at our age, like you, you maybe make, maybe make one friend a year, maybe. Yeah. Um, and, and you're careful about it. And I, I feel like, you know, the way, the way you, you find friends should be the way you hire people, like thoughtfully, carefully, trustworthy. You know, you don't, you don't make friends with people you don't trust and people you don't like. So I, I think it's very similar. But again, if you had to pick up a hundred friends a year, you're going to make quite a few mistakes because it's just about quantity then and not about quality. So I've tried to always maintain that. And so even today we might hire a few people a year, max like three, four at the most sometimes. And then we can be really careful about it and very methodical about it. Yeah. And that's all driven by like the work you want to get done, right? Which is creating a quality product. 
She's got, it's not like we want to grow for the sake of growing. Right. I mean, yeah, we, we don't, we don't want to grow for the sake of growing. Um, not at all. Uh, growth is not a goal for us. Like growth is a byproduct of, of doing something well. And if growth slows and it's certainly growth has slowed over the years. I mean, we've been in business 16 years. You're not going to like double your business every year. And it, like, it just doesn't, doesn't happen. It doesn't occasionally, but, um, so, you know, growth slowed and it's nice and comfortable and we're still growing, but it's like totally manageable. And, and I really like that. I like that it's manageable. Um, it just, it feels, it's sort of weird. I've talked about this before and it's always weird, but I li- I've always like, <laughs> this is really weird, but I like to look at a tree and go, we should grow like a tree, like slow and steady. And, and like every year add a little bit more, we have one more ring, like a little bit more, more, you know, more strength, more sturdiness to the business. Um, and not grow rapidly. And because when you do that, like it's the growth, I think is, is just weak. Like you're, you're not, it's not as strong. Um, and certainly of course there are always exceptions to these rules, but that's how I've seen it. So do you, do you think the people that would argue the other side of that are primarily fueled by ego to just grow into this big business that they, they can be kind of the captain of, or I mean, is that what's fueling that? Is it just this desire to just continually grow for the sake of growth? Um, cause I think, you know, you guys at base camp sometimes get that, you know, well, you guys are, yeah, you're just a cute little company in Chicago, yet you're very successful and, and very steady when you have all these people that are advocating, well, you have to get investor funding, you have to grow rapidly. Um, what do you think is the primary motivator there, um, to people that are trying to grow rapidly? I mean, is, um, it, is it ego? Is it? You know, it's, it's hard for me to say, cause it's, you know, I, it's not fair for me to say yeah. why other people make choices, but I do think there's a fair bit of ego involved and it, it, it's a very human and natural thing. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's got ego, ego. This is like a going back thousands of years. Philosophers have talked about this. This is like a human struggle. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think it, I think it manifests itself in business a lot where, where I, I see a lot when I do talk to new entrepreneurs, everyone's just obsessed with growth. And you ask them about like, why, like, what, what do you like? Why? And they're like, yeah, I, I, I want to have a big company. I'm like, well, why, you know, like, tell me about that. And there's, there's not a lot of depth behind the want other than like, they want to feel important, which I understand everyone does. They want to be recognized. I understand everyone does, but growth doesn't lead to those things always, nor does it is, nor is it a prerequisite for those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think I do think that there's a lot of sort of idolization uh, of of famous CEOs and famous business owners, and and they all of course tend to be big businesses because you know like Jeff Bezos runs a huge company, and Tim Cook and and Steve Jobs, and you know all these people run big businesses, and and um, so you, you kind of naturally want to be those, and you want to dominate, and the whole thing. But I just I think, I think that people would be better served if they understood why. And maybe if you're truly, if you truly know why, great. And if one of the reasons why is because I believe so deeply in my product that I want everybody in the world to use it, or I believe it can help everybody in the world. Like that's a great reason versus just like, we want to be a big company and dominate. Like that's mm-hmm. just a different perspective. So anyway, again, I think it's, it is important always to, to, to remember like, I can only speak about my motivations and, and my interests, um, uh, and you know, I, it's impossible for me to be in someone else's head. Um, but I do think it's very valuable to ask these questions of yourself when you decide if you want to quote, go for it and what that actually means and why you want to do that. Yeah. I think 
I think the reason I hit on that is because I think in in terms of parenting or fatherhood specifically, um, most of the times people will gravitate towards their work or because they're trying to just go for the growth and the, the, the negative consequences are that are typically time with your family or and, and not investing in that and then you end up with something that you don't really you didn't really realize you that wasn't a good goal to be aiming for. And then the downfall negative effect is maybe you didn't spend time with your family. So I think it's that's why I appreciate your insight of that the balance there of saying, okay, let's actually say what do we actually value and what are we going after? So Yeah, and I think it probably has to do a lot too with um the, the, the time in someone's life. Like when you're in your early twenties and maybe you're single and you don't have any responsibilities in the world except to your business, like you, you I could see people wanting to pour into that. And the business is their baby in that sense. And so like growing like growing your baby strong, like I I get that, right? Like yeah. That makes sense. And so um, I think, you know, as, as, as life shifts and, and your priorities shift, um, and probably also, and I just have a, a young kid, he's just 18 months now, but I'm sure as, he, as he's three or four or five, my priorities will shift too around fatherhood and what it means and everything. But, but for now, like missing any moments with him, I, it sucks. Like it yeah. sucks to miss moments with him. I mean, like I'll go to work, I'll see him in the morning, get him up in the morning or whatever and hang out for an hour or something. I'll go to work and I'll come back he's going to sleep a little bit later now, but when he was going to sleep at six, like I'd only see him sort of in the morning. And then at the end of the day, if I went to the office, if I stayed at home that day, I'd see him a few more times, but it's kind of a bummer. It's a bummer to like only get a couple hours. And then like every week they're so different and you feel like, man, this is, this is a special time here. So anyway, we're probably getting into a different topic then, but, um, no, how has that changed? I mean, I'm curious about that. You know, how has that changed to say, how has, has you, have you said, Oh, I want to make it, I have to intentional season here or I'm going to maybe work from home a little bit more. Um, yeah. I'm still going to get my work done and still going to be investing to make the product the best it can be. But I also don't want to miss this because I think then how have you then with your staff of someone that maybe has had a, had a, had a baby and said, Hey, I want to be a little more flexible. I mean, you guys are already pretty flexible. I know. But. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much built into how we are, which is people are, when we're having a lot of, a lot of parents now at the company, um, we're all sort of growing up together. A lot of us have been here for a long time. And I think there's maybe six, seven or eight babies now at the company, maybe actually more than that now, because some people have had their second. So, um, you know, it's just about like, one thing is like, we didn't even have a, a parental leave policy for quite a long time because no one had kids that we hadn't even thought about what that means. Yeah. Um, so now we, now we have that and we asked people about, uh, about what they wanted and we looked around at the industry and so we came up with something there. And, and, um, so now we have that, uh, yeah, people, I mean, if people need a little bit more time, they're free to do that. We, you know, we have a very flexible environment where people are free to work from home every day of the year if they want. Um, so, uh, you know, but some people, some people struggle with like the separation. It's, it's, it's challenging, you know, but I, I'm very sensitive to people's interest to, to be there for their kids, especially early on. And now I see how, how precious these sort of really early moments are, um, and see how they don't last very long. And so like, I really, really extra sensitive now to somebody who, who wants to take a little bit more time at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing, like, especially right now, like at 18 months or like my son is like, he's just like starting. He's, he's like, He's got, he's got words now a little bit. He can't like say, he doesn't really string multiple words together, sort of starting to. And it's like, it's such a, it's such a special time. Cause I feel like in three months he'll be able to talk, like actually talk more, like yeah. really talk. And now he's just got words and it's like, it's really cool to see him connect, try to connect words 
when pretty soon it'll be like, oh my God, I remember when he just couldn't string together some stuff and now he kind of is starting to get there. And you'd be like, that moment, was, which was so special, is past now. Like, that's yeah. over. Um, anyway, it's, it, it's, it's subtle stuff, but it's really cool to, to see it develop and, and, and see it come together. No, I think that's that's really cool. That's yeah, and, and especially when you think about okay, when they get into five, six, seven years old, then they're going off to maybe preschool or kindergarten or something. So it is a pretty defined period where they're changing so much, and you want to be there and invest in that. You know, yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 special. So um, anyway, so I'm curious, um, Jason, did you do you have any like resources that you you um, you know had when before you became a father and um, reading that you did. I know that you guys tend to at base camp tend to, um, be thought leaders in, in kind of how to work and that sort of thing. So almost contrarian with, with the status quo when it comes to work. So I'm really curious, mm-hmm. you know, what your views on parenting are. Um, um to that. there was a couple books my wife had me read. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember the titles of them right now. I'll email you or something. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll just think about them again. Um, and, um, uh, there's a couple that were really helpful. One of them was just about like, um, and maybe this, as I describe it, you might know, Oh, it's that book. Um, it's just a book about like what the process of birth is like, cause I'd never been through it. My wife had never been through it. And as, as this person supporting my wife through the, she's going through it, you know, like what's normal, what's natural, um, when not like when not to freak out. Um, it's like, it's so easy to freak out. Like, yeah. you know, like, and just kind of, that was a really important one for me. I'll, I'll remember the title of it and it's an email to you, but I, I read a little bit about that. Um, before, before I even had a kid, David, my business partner recommended a book called, um, punished by rewards, which is a yeah, book about, funny. yeah, which is a book about like, it's not about parenting or anything like that, but it has a little bit of parenting you can relate to some of the, or the ideas transfer, which is just like, creating intrinsic or helping, helping people be, or your kid be intrinsically motivated not sort of just reward them with, there's a lot more talk I think about animals, but like treats and stuff like just let them find their interests versus trying to shape their interests and, and, and not rewarding them for doing great things all the time, but just helping them see the pleasure of doing great things on their own, things like that. And I haven't gotten to that point yet because he's still so young that we're not yeah. quite really – he wouldn't really even understand this stuff yet. But it was a good, a good, some good lessons there. Um, I found myself to be surprisingly um, uh, sensitive to um, what he does. Like I, I, I'm finding myself to be always like, ooh, watch out. He's going he's gonna to fall or like, ooh, watch out. And I have to, I have to hold myself back on that. Like, yeah. oh, he's, I know he's going to hurt himself. I can see like where he's going. And, and I've tried to hold myself back on it because I didn't realize I'd be that way. And also I, I want, you know, he's got to experience some of these things for himself. And as long as it's not a life threatening situation, like if he gets a little bump or a bruise or whatever, fine. But it's been really surprising to me how, cause usually I'm sort of a, like, let it sort of just go with the flow kind of person. Mm-hmm. But with that, with those situations, I've been a lot more sort of, um, careful and sensitive about them. And I, I, I've had to hold myself back and just oh, let him, let him do his thing. He'll be fine. Yeah. Oh my God, he's going to eat that rock. Well, maybe he'll be all right. Let him eat the rock. You know, it's yeah. not like, he's like a pebble. Like it's okay. Or whatever. Like, Oh my God, he's eating dirt. Like that's just fine actually. So it just took me a while to like, and I think it's because like, I love the little guy so much that I like, don't want him to be 
to, to like get hurt and whatever. But I realized like that's part of the process. Right. So, Right. That's been a that's been a really interesting adjustment for me. Um, uh, and my, my wife's actually been much better about that. She's just better about like just letting him be in those in those situations. And so I've sort of been following her lead on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a tough balance. I think I would yeah. I surprised myself a little bit too. I was in a similar situation. I was like a little bit over like hover helicopter parenty, and then I was like, no, you just got to let him do his thing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> let him do his thing, and yeah. I think part of it. I, this is getting like maybe combining two themes, but I've always been someone who's sort of in business seen patterns emerge before they emerge. Like I, I feel like I'm seeing stuff a little bit ahead of, like I can piece together some clues and see where something's going to go. Yeah. And, and like watching my son like wander around and I like see a, a sharp corner and like I go, I can see where this is headed. So like, let me head this off before it gets there. Yeah. But, I, but, but, but then I'm just like, you know what? I'm just like, maybe let him just do it. Let him just be there and he'll be fine. And it's like, not going to be a big deal. And sometimes he bumps his head and sometimes he doesn't and he'll have to learn anyway. And so anyway, it's been, it's been a little bit of a challenge, but it's been, it's been fun. I've gotten a lot better at it. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, one of the, the whole punished by rewards thing was interesting to me. Um, actually when David brought it up, cause he was on the podcast too and it seemed in line with maybe the way that you approach management where it's, it's not this direct oversight. It's how do we bring on people that are intrinsically motivated that are going to be more team members than kind of employees. Um, and I, I just kind of curious at how you've thought about that. Cause it seems like your culture is very much like we're going to bring on people. We're going to, we're going to treat them like adults. We're going to bring on people that are skilled and that have a high level of intrinsic motivation and understand our vision. Um, and that seems like that's more in line with a style of parenting. That's kind of, you know, let them figure it out, you know, kind of trust a little bit of that as opposed to being overbearing very yeah. much like you do this, then you get this, you know? And, yeah. And so it seems like there's a lot of overlap there. There, there is. It's, it's funny though, how I've reacted slightly differently at home compared to like how would it, I think part of it is because at, at, at work, like I am hiring adults They're you know, in their twenties or thirties or, or, forties, you know, like, yeah. But like, you know, when you have a kid who's like just learning to walk and like so sensitive and like can fall over and fall down the stair, like all those things, you're like, whoa, this is actually got to watch that. So it's just it's been it's been an interesting challenge. But I think hopefully um, as I mature as a parent and as he matures as a as a as a kid, um, it'll be a lot more like he's got it now. He, he can handle things on his own and I'll, I'll hopefully I'll be there to be able to support him and his interests and whatever, but I'm less about protecting. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I, I was surprised by how, how much I feel like I, like I have an instinct to protect. Uh, and I didn't really, I didn't really realize that before. I really didn't even, it hadn't come out of me before really. Um, I mean, sometimes like when, when someone, when someone says something about our company that I don't like, or, or some, some, someone says something about, me that I don't, that I know is not true. Like I do have that, like the protectionness kicks in, but it's a very different type of feeling, um, of like protecting a team and a group than like protecting your, your own flesh and blood sort of son kind of situation. So that's, it's been interesting what, what it's interesting what you're capable of and also like what you're made of when you, when you haven't had a chance to express those experiences or you haven't had a chance to, to live those experiences before. So it's, that's one of the cool things I've found about being, being a parent is like you learn a lot about yourself that you weren't capable of learning before because you, you hadn't 
the experience of having a kid is just, it's impossible to, to simulate that, that experience. Like you yeah. just can't. And it's, it's cool. It's cool to, to learn more about yourself. I mean, in some ways you feel like you figure out a lot by the time, you know, I'm 41 now and I feel like I've probably figured out a lot about myself, although there's plenty more to learn, but like, this is a whole new part of me that I didn't even know yeah. at all. <laughs> it's weird to kind of run into something like that later in life to, I mean, to, to, to really see a new side of yourself that, that you didn't know was there. So it's been fun. Yeah, definitely. It's almost like the transition when you get married, you know, like you're, yep. you're also there challenging yourself and how you behave and then even more. So now you're doing it with your, your partner, you know, <laughs> and, and this, you're kind of having to both react. And I think that's an interesting dynamic too, you know? You. Yeah. You know, speaking of that, um, I was at a wedding, um, from one of my cousins years ago and his father. So my uncle stood up and said, you know, he, he said something that I didn't understand at the time, but he said, to his son who just got married, he says, life begins at marriage. And his point was like, I mean, it's not, of course, life doesn't begin at marriage, but his point was like, you, you've got a partner now, you've got a new life now, you know, you can do things that you couldn't do before. And you, you have, you know, and I think I didn't realize that, but that's when I got married, I realized that. And then now when I have a kid, like, I feel like life starts again. Like you actually have, you, you have multiple starting points in life. Um, because your life just changes so much and it's kind of cool to, to, to realize that. Um, anyway, a little, that was a side, an aside, but it's something I, I didn't realize at the time when I heard it and then I got married and I realized it and now I had a kid and I realized it again. So yeah. I'm also curious, like what else is, what else lingers in, in the future that I don't know about that will, you know, could have a, it could have a similar impact. So, right. Do you get, so that's, that's like energizing, I think, cause then you're just like, it's a new phase, you know, it's like, it's a little bit exhausting, a little bit anxiety, but it's like, oh, this is a cool f period of life, you know? Yeah, hopefully, you know, um, <laughs> it's, it's very challenging and you know, you're tired and all that stuff, but like it, it's definitely new and it's, 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 it is refreshing as much as it is tiring. Yeah. It's interesting sort of dichotomy there. So what are, um, I appreciate the advice. I think that's, um, what would you say, like if, if a guy came to you that was working for a company or maybe one of your employees and he said, Jason, I just found out, you know, my wife's pregnant, kind of freaking out. <laughs> what do you say? I know you're kind of new to this game, Jason, but <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, someone, someone told me some, so a friend of mine, um, uh, who had a kid about a couple years before me, I was having dinner with him. Um, this is way before I was even, we were even having a kid. Um, and I, I told him, I told him that we were going to have one. And he goes, let me tell you something. He goes, I want to tell you something. I want to be honest with you because no one was honest with me. Actually, one, only one person was ever honest with me about this. He, he, and he goes, I want to pass this on. He goes, the first few months suck. First few months are incredibly hard and they will knock you in your face, basically. Um, then... It's like about four months in, you know, with something like that, like your kid, your son, your daughter, whoever will, will smile a little bit and it will change everything. And, but he goes, the first few months are terribly hard and you, you may not even feel, you may not even feel anything for the kid in the first few months. Like it's, it's a shock kind of, he's like, I was, I was, I was like, what's wrong with me? No, that's huge. As, yeah. As, especially as fathers, you know, it's, you're as less fathers attached. Especially. You just are, you're less attached. And like, 
And I'm so glad he said that because I had similar feelings early on. And, and I was like, and, and, and if he had not said this to me, I would have felt, man, is something wrong with me? Like, why am I not connecting? And it's like, it's thing is, it's very hard to connect because you don't really have, you don't really have a relationship with this kid yet. The kid doesn't depend on you at all. The baby doesn't really depend on you at all. Um, and, and you, the, there's not much you can do to even participate really. Um, <laughs> and, and I was so glad that you told me that. And so that's what I tell fathers now is like, I tell them it's the greatest thing in the world, but first I tell them it sucks for a while. It's really hard. Some people immediately fall in love with their kid the second they're born. Other people, and this is my experience, was like, I, I wasn't there yet. And, and I think it's just an important thing to talk about because it's not something you hear a lot, but it's very true, at least for me and for others I know. And so I've talked to other fathers about this and like I had a very similar experience and they all felt like they kind of had to fake it because they weren't, they weren't given permission to even admit that was the case. So I, I just try and be very, I try and share that because I was so thankful that someone shared that with me. Yeah. Um, and now like I'm like deeply in love with this kid, like, mm-hmm. you know, but Three weeks in, like I, I didn't know what I was doing, and I was worried, and I was nervous, and, and like it, love was not a thing at that moment. Actually, it just yeah. wasn't a thing. So anyway, that's what I tell people. First of all, I say you should absolutely do it. It is ultimately the most wonderful thing ever. Yeah, but it sucks for a while, and just be ready for that, and feel good knowing that that might be part of the experience. That is very very wise. I appreciate your honesty on that. <laughs> yeah. Because I think and, uh, I, I felt I felt a lot of the same ways, and I've talked to, to new fathers that have felt the same way, and they, they were saying like, I didn't know I felt wrong saying that, even voicing it, and saying I felt like a schmuck. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, I obviously am heartless or something. I don't know, and it's like, no, that's normal. <laughs> yeah, it's normal, and and uh, I just want more people to to just admit it. It's it's fine. It just is what it is. Like it's fine, and um, I just think it's better when people are honest about that situation because it gives. People, I think it just takes the edge off of, it's already, it's already hard enough. Like you're yeah. already exhausted. It's already hard enough. And then you feel like you have to fake it. And that's just even worse. Or you feel like something's wrong with you or whatever it is. And it's just, it's all part of, part of the path really. Yeah. And uh, I think it's, it's fine to talk about it. So that's what I, that's my, that's my thing now is I make sure I share that with people. Yeah. Very wise. Yeah. Well, Hey, thank you so much for your time. Jason. I really appreciate it. And, yeah, of course. This and was thank fun. you for your honesty. So. Of course, thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to the show. You can find out more about us and sign up to receive updates at twocentdad.com. If you liked what you heard or just want to say hi, you can shoot me an email at mike at twocentdad.com. Please leave a review on iTunes if you like the show. It helps us to get the word out to the most people possible. The show is made possible through the support of EC Group International, building software teams since 1999.